BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sometimes I forget that I'm human, you know, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And like, why am I crying? Why am I doing this? Why am I upset? And having the awareness when I am trying to make myself not be human and like, hey, it's normal and trying to like embrace that. And that's when what I've been like learning. Hey, everybody, and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate, and I'll be your host. We've got awesome guests, weekly inspiration, and are bringing you the realest conversations about everything and anything. Now let's do real. Happy Wednesday, lovely people. Thanks for clicking on this podcast and choosing to spend some time with me. I appreciate it. And you clicked a great one because we have an outlier of a human being joining us today. This woman is an Olympic medalist, a world champion. She's competing to appear in the Tokyo 2020 Games on the USA Women's National Volleyball Team as they hunt for another Olympic medal. I'm extremely honored to have this opportunity today to pick her brain about all of her experiences and hear about Journey Strength, which is her online movement to encourage bravery and belief in oneself. It was really cool to see her dive deep and be curious about the things she's experienced and share that with us today. So drum roll please for the amazing Rachel Adams. Well, I'm really glad that we're finally doing this. Um, When you messaged me, I was like, absolutely. We have so many things in line and I'm just excited to get to know you. Are you, do you consider yourself a really open person? Um, I do, but I'm actually working more towards that because in my head, I feel like I have so much to share and do. Um, but sometimes I don't use my voice to voice more of my opinions, but if someone comes up to me on a one-on-one, I'm like, Hey, this is what I know. This is what I have am feeling and blah, 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 blah. So yeah. So you're sort of growing into that. I'm growing into that. But you weren't open when you were maybe in high school. Um, I was, but sometimes I think I got to a point where I closed myself off because I was feeling like. I was sharing too much and I was being too vulnerable and that is scary. Interesting. Does yeah. someone like betray your trust? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm still kind of working that out because I realized that somewhere along the way, like I decided to kind of close myself off a little and then let the people in that I like really trust and like really get to know me. But then I feel like by doing that, I've been very misunderstood in some ways and yeah. it's hurt me and kind of prevented me from making those deeper connections and being on a team like you know that's not what you want to happen right well sharing your heart with anyone is scary because if they don't like that it's like 
well, they don't like me. Mm-hmm. And that rejection is, it sucks. I mean, people not liking me or anyone is something that I really struggle with, you know? But I saw this quote on Instagram literally yesterday that said, before you ask yourself what someone thinks of you, ask yourself, why do you care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, yeah, why do I even care? No, I was listening to one of your podcasts and I heard that you were a people pleaser. You said that you were a people pleaser. Yes. I'm definitely a recovering people pleaser. And Ooh, recovering. I recovering. love that. Wait, elaborate on recovering yeah. people pleaser. Um, I'm definitely learning, you know, cause I didn't realize, you know, on Instagram, there's so many like therapists and so many outlets where you can like learn about yourself. And there was one that was like a list of like, you know, people pleasing attributes. And I was like, Ooh, that is me. <laughs> and so I kind of started to dive deeper into like, what does that really mean? And what does that look like? And so I'm learning about myself every single day and, um, just maybe, not fully sharing my full self because I want to share parts of me that I know that will please people. And then I end up hiding parts of myself and things that I want to say and share because maybe they won't be pleased by that. And so that in turn like hurts me, but maybe pleases them. Maybe it doesn't, but you know, I know it's so easy to say, but like you can't please everybody. Mm -hmm. And as a people pleaser, that's like not what you want to hear. You want to like, everybody likes me. Right. Like, you know. Um, what made you start to want to open up the way you're talking about now? Did you have yeah. a moment? Actually, can you pass me my phone? There's a quote. Yeah. So there's like a two-part quote. So the first one is, you don't have to be perfect to inspire other people. Let them be inspired by the way you deal with your struggles, your heartache, and your imperfections. And then the other one was, we can't hide ourselves and expect to be seen. So, I love that second one. Yeah. So it's like, I want to be seen so much, but I've been hiding myself. Like, how can people see me if I'm not sharing my stories, using my voice, um, sharing my struggles and just sharing myself, you know, cause I'm afraid of like what people will think. Definitely. But that's in a, I would like to call it like an epiphany that mm-hmm. not a lot of people have. And I think I can relate to that on the sen- in the sense of, I realize that a lot of my own insecurities and issues were coming from this concept of like perfection from others. So when I looked at myself and I thought, wait, I'm projecting that same perfect image. It made me, that's where I was like, Oh, I want to open up because I don't want to be the reason a girl thinks she needs to eat this or needs to do this. Did you have a moment that made you realize like, Oh, this is why I need to tell my story. Um, I have this like deep passion for wanting to inspire and encourage others. And I was like, how am, how am I going to do that if I'm not really sharing what I'm struggling with and what I'm kind of going through? Because I say like, I want to not portray like being perfect, but I was kind of reading off like a list of like, um, ways that you can be more vulnerable, like sharing, like, Hey, I need some help with this or, Hey, I'm not good at this. And I was like, when is the last time I like shared with someone I'm not good at something, right. you know? And I was like, <laughs> I have not been doing that. And I yeah. think it has to do a lot with maybe being an elite athlete. And you can tell me what you think about this just because like, for example, if you're an Olympic athlete, like you are the top point of whatever percent of human beings. And so this idea of like, have you have self doubt or you're not good at something. It maybe almost feels like you can't have that because you're supposed to be the best in the world. Is that, is that, I think that's exactly it. So, um, 
I'm writing a blog and it's kind of in the works and I want to be like more open and more vulnerable. And I have realized that I haven't been sharing because number one, I am like an Olympic top athlete. And if I'm going to talk about self-doubt, um, you know, meditation and all these things, like things that help me not be anxious or calm myself down. If I'm like having a bad day, like sharing all that and be like, Hey, I deal with this, but then I don't want people to see me as like weak on the court yes. or fans to be we, like, Oh wow. Like she's not strong. I she's not exactly tough. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Dude, after I gave my Ted talk, I would literally be in games and be like, this is my anxiety. I'm like, are they scouting me saying, oh, that girl has anxiety. She's yeah, talked about it. Exactly. So let's target her. So then like my anxiety was, I was like, and then I was, and then it, honestly, when I was playing, I like would write a caption on like on the court, like what causes me issues. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I can't post this. Like people are sweet, but other people will want to beat us. Yeah. And I'm so curious. Cause like how you share now is like, I wonder if she was doing that while she was at college. Cause like in my head, I'm like, Oh, I have so much to share, but you know what? I'm going to wait until I'm done with my career to share. But no, you got to share while it's happening. I think that's the most, I think that's the best way to do it. And I think I just found a balance of like what was okay for me to share. And like, I felt comfortable talking about like body image issues while I had those. However, there were definitely moments with like performance anxiety. I mean, my, anxiety during my double days senior year was so bad. Um, but I did not talk about that because I was in a position battle and I was like, I cannot express vulnerability. I can't have, you know, person a or coach go home and see my post and then maybe not want to start me. Mm -hmm. I have to be the senior veteran. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a mental game. It's like, that's why I could understand you're like, Oh, these years of not really wanting to share who you are, but you recently have really been starting to use your voice. And I was looking at your page and you've kind of branded it as like your untold story. And I thought that that choice was really special and really shared a lot of like, this is something that's been happening for a while, but I've never really told you in the Mm -hmm. present moment. Mm -hmm. So now with this blog post, are you finding yourself starting to really open up as things are going on because you're prepping for the 2020 games. I mean, and that's talk about like (laughs) competition and like roster spots and training. Exactly. Like this is like the biggest year, like we prepared for years and this is like also the year that I want to be open and share. Right. And, um, as I'm learning about authenticity, you know, so, so many people and even myself when I was like, Oh, I want to dive into this, but it's like in my head, I'm like, Oh, that shows that you're weak, that you're not strong, but the people, when you see someone post something authentic and real, what, how do you feel? You're like, Oh wow. That took a lot of strength there. That is an inspiration that takes courage to do that. Mm -hmm. not like, Oh, like how did they do like, that's not cool. Cause it's something that we could relate to. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you watch the bachelorette or bachelor at all? I've have, I have seen it along the way. I'm not an avid watcher. I promise this is going to (laughs) relate to this deep topic. Uh, Becca Tilly, she used to be on the bachelorette. I don't know. I didn't watch that season, but she is like classic, you know, really pretty, whatever. She posted something recently was just words about, uh, image and perfection. And that post had uh, no joke. Cause I was looking like, I think she usually gets like 20, 30,000 likes that post had over a hundred thousand. And it just goes to show that like everyone is relating to this truth, this real authenticity, as opposed to all these other pictures that everyone posts that are like our, our highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really just a reminder for me that like, that is what people want to see. They want to see the side of you that they're like, Oh, I could relate. And I think it's great that you're starting to do that now. Um, 
So let's just, let's dive in. I mean, you've been playing volleyball your whole life. We have similar stories, not as in that we're Olympians, <laughs> but we both started like freshman year of high school. Um, your trajectory was much different. But uh, so then you go and you get a scholarship to Texas, like after three years of playing. What was your student athlete experience like? Um, it was really good. I mean, during my process of even looking at colleges, it came down to like asking myself like one question and it was, um, would I want to go here if I wasn't playing volleyball? And the mm-hmm. answer was yes. Um, I loved Austin. I loved Texas. And my experience was good. Um, I mean, I was obviously a, a lot, like a big talent, and I had a lot of potential. But um, I definitely had to battle with some things and really own and take my space. You know, obviously, I'm at Texas. I'm a highly, you know, I'm a good athlete. I'm a good volleyball player. But I definitely didn't own it as much as I could have, even though I was an All-American. I helped lead the team to stuff. But... What yeah. were some of the things you battled with? Um, so since I did start volleyball so late in my career, I carried a limiting belief throughout my career and like even up to like two years before the Olympics that like um, my that I'm behind. So since I did start late, like the day I got in the gym, I'm like they're so much further along than me. They know more, they know so much more than me. And so even when I was got to the Texas gym, and even though I was like recruited to be there, I was like they know more than me. They're further along, and so I always felt like. I was battling to be good enough. So that was your narrative, that oh. that vulnerable, tender spot. That mm-hmm. was like the line that could mess you up. Mm-hmm. That I'm was not my good narrative. enough to be here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I knew I was good. Like I played like I was good. There's all that, that small little narrative. Like when I wasn't making my serves and I wasn't a good server or, you know, middle blockers, we have like weaknesses at that level, like mm-hmm. nobody wants us to touch a second ball and nobody, you know, we can't do deep. Poor middles. Poor they middles. get literally so, yeah. like poor middles, like anytime <laughs> they touch the ball, they're getting yelled at. It, yeah. But then you get <laughs> to the professional level. I got to Poland my first year and they're like, Hey, we need you to set the second ball. I'm like, uh, you need to do what? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, I feel like everyone at the college level that I've sort of talked to from an outward perspective, looks like they're killing it, right? Like they're an All-American, they're a starter. But for some reason, yes, there's this real struggle to own mm-hmm. that. I even looked back, I watched the first game this year of the USC volleyball team, and I literally was like, I was on that team. Like I, this is, I watched, my, someone watched me on like ESPN, and I was like, but I didn't feel that good or that cool. It's this like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But I think it is uh, encouraging and inspiring for like, uh, commoners like myself to hear from Olympians like you who say that that's a natural thing. I mean, what would you say is like the most common misconception about Olympic athletes? Um, I would say that it would maybe that it's all physical because at the high level, everyone's good, but it's the mental. Like if you're good at the mental battle, like you're going to succeed because you can't be at the Olympics and all of a sudden not know how to manage your anxiety or if you hit three balls out, how to continue. Like players aren't going to be able to do that at a high level. So being able to understand yourself and how you react and how to get yourself um, out of those frustrated moments, out of those holes is so important. When did you first realize to value the mental side of the game? Um, I would say it was my first year with Team USA, and we had um, a sports psychiatrist, um, Mike Gervais. Yes, yeah. shout out. He's so Gervais. Gervais. He's, <laughs> he's he, great. Yeah, he was our little yogi, and it was the first time. He, like, walked us 
through everything from like ground up. And he's the one that made me really be aware of my thoughts. Were you just sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is a whole world I've never explored. Yeah. I was like, like mind blown. Like I had read a book, um, in college called mind gym and it really helped me like propel like the mind and like working on it. But just to really understand the steps and how to get myself out of it and just being aware. I remember one meeting he was like, okay, how do you talk to yourself? And we're like, oh, I don't, we don't talk to ourselves. You know, you, the crazy people talk to themselves. He's like, no, everybody talks to themselves. So when you're serving and you make a mistake, what do you say? What do you tell yourself? Oh, I'm such a bad server. Or you're like, Hey, that was a bad serve, but how can I change it and get better the next one? Like, how are you talking to yourself? And so that practice after the meeting, we were just aware of our thoughts and I was aware of my own thoughts. And I was like, okay, my thoughts are <laughs> not good. And no, I would not tell a friend or a teammate this, these thoughts or this feedback. So I'm like, why am I speaking to myself that way? Yeah. Wow. So that next day in practice, were you trying to make an effort to control these, these words you were saying. Yeah. And I realized how much power they had. Cause, um, that same year that I was telling myself that I'm a bad server and that story that I was taking with me, when I started telling myself that I was good, that I was strong, that I was powerful. I got the best server that summer. Oh yes. yes. Good job, Rachel. So I was like, Whoa, okay. Like I need to be better with how I speak to myself and what I tell myself I can and cannot do. Cause if I'm going to say like, I can't do it, it's so true. Like I'm not going to be able to do it. But if I tell myself I can, there's a high, higher chance that I'm going to be able to do it. And I'm going to be able to accomplish it. I also, I feel like you and I both love quotes. This is making me think of a quote I saw yesterday as well. That said, like, do you do mirror messages? What? Like mirror messages? Well, like yeah, I've quotes in your mirror. Notes, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Me too. Me too. Um, and it said like, the most influential person you will speak to all day is yourself. Is yourself. The things we say to ourselves, it's everything. And if you don't believe, if you just say, oh, I'll never be a server, like a good server, I'm a middle, you're not going to win that award. But when you say, oh, I could do anything with hard work and time, mm-hmm. you get in a position like that. Yeah, you hear those quotes so often that like, you kind of don't believe them and you don't really know the impact of them until like you're really right there in it and you're trying to utilize it. Because even with something big like that and something small, I was reading a book and it was saying like, if someone asks you like, go find the hot sauce in the kitchen, you're like, I don't know where the hot sauce is. Like sometimes you overlook it and then they walk and they're like, it's right here in front of your face. But you already said like, you're not going to be able to find it. Wow. And that, so something small like that. I love that. that rather than I could find the hot sauce. Yeah. You know, just it's just look. like something so small and like subconscious that right. you're telling yourself that you can't do. And we limit ourselves so many in so many little ways. Being in athlete of your caliber, I can imagine that it's only going to continue to get mentally challenging every single day. And you just came here from Anaheim, you're training with USA. Um, what do you think has been sort of the biggest mental challenge in that gym where everyone is obviously at the highest level that they could be? Um, I would say personally for me is being able to show up every single day consistently because we're going to have bad days. We're going to have days that we don't feel like we want to work work or, you know, even work or that we're not feeling great or tired and just being able to show up and play through that and work through that and show up for my teammates. I want to hear more about that. That's the, yeah. that's the million dollar question, yeah. right? Like how do I work hard when I do not want to? Mm-hmm. And I get DMs about that all the time. I read one this morning. I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like you just do it. Like I didn't think I would play four years of college volleyball, but I don't know. Like, so when you wake up and you do not want to go, mm-hmm. but you go and you play well, what is that process like? Yeah. So I actually kind of wrote a little caption about this the other day, but 
I start with checking in on my checking in on myself, like checking in on my thoughts. Because so many times we wake up and we check in on social media first, and so I try to make it a point to check in on myself. And if I'm telling myself like this is gonna suck, I'm tired, blah blah blah, blah and it's so easy to do that, but trying to choose a different narrative about how this day is gonna go. Like, okay, I'm tired, but I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna kind of, you know. Not like, I don't know, you kind of put your shoulders back and you kind of choose something different because it's all about choices. Believing something great could happen yeah, today. Yeah, and it's just like trying to change that mindset. Like, yeah, I'm tired. It sucks, but, you know, just keep pushing through it. I don't know. It's just kind of like a mental change, like catching yourself and Re- redirecting. redirecting it. Like, okay, how? what can I do to make it better? Like, let's put on some music. Let's journal. Let's um, making sure when I walk into the room, um, I'm bringing a good energy because I know that when I'm tired and I'm not in a good mood, I can bring a really bad energy and I can affect the people around me. Mm-hmm. So choosing to bring a better energy, like the energy that I would want when someone walks in a room and being that. And you did something really admirable this pro season, which was choosing to stay back, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. And make sure that your body was healthy. And it's not easy to make a decision for yourself mm-hmm. like that. Um, we mentioned this in the beginning, like pleasing others. My team counts on me. I need to train. Mm-hmm. I, I this and that. So making that decision for yourself, was that challenging? It was challenging because, I mean, I've never had an off season ever. I've never had this much time in America. It was my first time going home for Thanksgiving since 2007. Oh my gosh. Wow. So it's been crazy, but, and I could have found a contract in um, January, but what my body was telling me all this during the summer, like my knee was swelling and we couldn't get the swelling down. And um, it was like, okay, we, it's time to think about your body. And could I pick up a contract in January and like rush back? Yes. But it was something that I kind of had to do for my body. Um, and I'm guessing and now. sorry, by the way, I actually had surgery four months ago and I've like been battling with like, if I should say something or, yeah. you know, because obviously my body, you no know, getting contract is dependent on that. So I had knee surgery four months ago. Wow. That, um, that must've been really hard. And yeah. really scary. I've never had surgery before and I had my meniscus cleaned out and my cartilage cleaned out. And there was no moment where like, Something happened. I got injured. It was more like a deterioration of just, a just long like time overdue. Yeah, like long time overdue. Like being on a USA national team player, like you said, we go overseas and then we play with the USA, and it's just nonstop jumping, jumping, never an off season. And my body was just like Rachel, like <laughs> you need to sit down. Wow. And so no one ever wants to go through surgery, but I'm really grateful because I have been able to take care of my body, like. I've been lift. I've never lifted this heavy in my whole career wow. that I'm able to lift now because I never had the time, I never had the energy and like the capacity because we're always in season. So you can't lift this much if you're gonna hit the court right after. So being able to like build on my body and build that up and really listen to my body, um, it was hard, but I honestly wouldn't change it for a thing. Yeah. Was it hard for you to see? on social media, the girls winning different medals and hearing about different rosters and just feeling like you were far away from that. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't easy because when you're in it for such a long time and then you're kind of on the outside and you're like, oh, like you're you're cheering them on and I'm cheering for them all because like we're all in it together. But it was definitely, I guess you want to call it like a FOMO, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, I miss competing, you know, right. like I miss being in those huddles and I miss like um, just being a part of it, like the travel days and mm-hmm. the stuff like that. But obviously, um yeah, it's made me even more hungry to come back and so I can be by their side. So when will you be full throttle able to practice? Are you there now? Uh, yeah, I'm there now. So it's a three month recovery. So as of um, January, September, yeah, around like January, um, it's like a full recovery, but we've extended it just because like... You have to. I have it's to. It's always add a month to whatever the doctor says. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just like... I could have rushed back and like picked up a contract to head overseas and like, you know, like let's rush this process. Let's get jumping faster. Let's get running, you know, sooner. But we're like, let's not like, let's take care of your body. Use this time. Cause time is on your side mm-hmm. and really just get stronger, take care of your knee. And so that's what we're doing. And you've got to have a good amount of self-confidence as well mm-hmm. to, to mentally handle this sort of challenge because you've got to know that, I'm confident enough in my abilities at my A game and my experience that I don't need a half-assed season somewhere when I'm not feeling great. Like I'm confident that when I come back, I could compete. Is that how you've been talking yourself about oh, this? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I have to have a lot of confidence and I have to like believe in myself. Cause like, like you said, like I haven't competed for a while and just to know that when I am able to do all this stuff that I'm going to be able to do it and I'm going to work hard and it's not going to be very pretty at first, but to know that I can, you know, weather the storm, trust the process and know that I can do this. When will they start? I mean, this is what the thing about USA volleyball that I never really understand. There's like always different rosters and there's always different things. And it's crazy because I actually heard, I know a girl in like the USA gymnastics who was saying she just made some like, uh, I don't know, qualifying round and I'm like, she just like, it's already 2020. Like, how do they not know? Like who's going where? Is this just like a very up to the last, the last moment they're making a roster? Yeah. So that's a big question. Like everybody's like, are you going to the Olympics? Blah, blah, blah. And like, you won't know until like weeks before the Olympics. So families can have tickets, friends can have tickets and that person doesn't end up going, but you have to plan ahead of time. Cause if you don't like, it's going to be really expensive, but anything can happen. So some person that could be on every single roster years anything before. Can happen. Anything I mean, can especially happen. Especially volleyball. It's, yeah. it's wild. Like it's all dependent on the coaches, you know, in track, you just like break, run your record, you make your time and like you're going. But this, it's like dependent on the coaches. It's all out of your control. It's out of my control. All I can do is show up every single day, do my best, be the best teammate I can. And that's all you can do. And you learn that along the way. Cause in, in the beginning you're like, looking at the stats like da 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 but you're like you can't control what the coach is thinking try to guess what the coaches are thinking all you can do is do your best and get better every day and letting go of that (sighs) letting go of that is not easy but it's so much freedom when you really accept the fact that you you won't know what that decision is until it happens and if you just keep worrying about it it will get you nowhere but it's it's not easy to let go I mean I was big on like looking at stats and looking at this and then um, I remember my freshman year, I think every game I was like, how did I pass? How did I pass? Like, and I wanted to know. And then as time went on, I was like, please do not tell me. Like, I don't want to know because if I felt good and the numbers were bad or, or whatnot, but 
how have you been able to let go? Did you feel like there was a season where you realized this is consuming my mind? Mm-hmm. I remember in the beginning, cause when you're fresh in the gym, uh, with USA, with USA, there's so much, you know, information and stats coming back your way and you learn about rosters and you want to make a roster. But, um, I decided to at one point just like stop trying to read into things, stop trying to compare myself to what the next person is doing or what the other person is doing and make sure that one, I'm adding value to the space around myself and that just let it go, you know? Cause mm-hmm. like the more I try to stress myself out about it, like the worse I played, the worse I felt. And there's reasons that we don't even know that they could be making up. Like if you don't go to a roster, if you don't, if you don't make a team or something and they're like, and they're thinking, well, we just want to give this girl, a, like we want to involve her a little bit, but because we know you're really experienced. Whereas like someone else might be thinking, you know, there's always these games mm-hmm. and these stories we tell ourselves that are so far from the truth. And I remember, um, my mentor, Nicole Davis actually told me like, if you're going to make up a story, like just go up and ask them what, 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 the, what it is. Mm-hmm. Cause you're not going to even come close to it. And that was something that I had to, and I was like, if I'm going to create a story, I'm going to make it the best case scenario. Like, oh, I'm on the B side because they just think I'm so good that, you know, like, <laughs> exactly, that I could yeah. do anything. Exactly. Or they, yeah, like, you know, you just have to frame it the best way possible. Yeah. So your first Olympic experience, though, was in 2016. When you touch down, like playing lands, are you, does this feel like any other tournament to you? Um, I mean, it's surreal because we left from Houston and in Houston we did all like trying on Olympic ceremony, trying Nike giving us all this stuff. And it's like all like a hype event where you're just like getting ready for Olympics. So you're like, Oh my God, this is it. This is what you, you wear see. the cute polo outfits. You got your that. polo outfits and you're like, Oh wow. But like, um, one thing that, um, Karch really prepared us for, he was like, Hey, this is just any other tournament. And remember that the ball's the same size, the court's the same size. The rules are the same. The people that you're going to play here, you've played before in other tournaments. So make sure you don't let it be bigger than what it is. And that helped me mm. immensely. Wow. It's so true. And if you buy into all the distractions and you think, oh, I'm on this world stage, blah, 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 yeah. like that will take you off of your regular yeah. stream. But it's hard to do that because you're, you're also you're at the Olympics. Olympics. And you're, you're like, is that Michael Phelps? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, okay, now I need to be bigger, stronger, faster. And it's like, no, you need to do what you've been doing. No more and no less. And like speaking of Michael Phelps, like the craziest thing is when you're there and you're in the village, like every athlete, every country eats together in one facility. So like you're getting your salad and like Michael Phelps is behind you. getting oh, his, And you're like, Hey, you're like, what is he eating? I gotta eat what he's yeah. eating. You're like, this is crazy. Like the best of the best is like all in one place. I feel like I've heard so many stories about the village. I feel like they sign like, you have to sign like an NDA to like live yeah. in the village. No, really. <laughs> so much crazy stuff goes on there. Like that what is- you hear is most likely true. Oh gosh, yeah. that is so wild. But also, like, like that's the ticket. Like, not even a medal, but you can be in the village. Um, I was just gonna ask you something else. Oh, oh, I always feel like when you think about the Olympics, I mean, you also these coaches also have to bring players that they know they could count on mentally, especially like to not freak out. Have you ever heard of a story or a situation or how to help a teammate who got there and like, it was really overwhelming or do you think anyone that's making that team is able to handle that? Yeah, I definitely, I didn't experience that in 2016 and I haven't had, um, stories, but I remember Mike 
did prepare us. He's like, hey, fear is going to be there and you're going to have fear and it shows you that you care, you know, but it's like all about how you embrace it. Like you can't, the more you want to be like, get away, get away, get away, the more it's going to consume you. But if you're like, hmm, okay, I'm a little nervous, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. Like I practice hard and you kind of embrace it and you're like, and you kind of operate through it. Fear shows that you care. I love that. It does. It says something means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, Instead of something bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Even with anxiety. I mean, if you're anxious about something, it's because you are very eager, excited to find out the result or find out how it's mm-hmm. going to happen or you care about the situation. Um, but it can be super <sighs> crippling to be like, oh, but I, I am anxious right now or mm-hmm. I'm feeling this. And what has your journey been like sort of with your own mental health throughout your life now? And like, how do you reflect on it? Um, it's definitely been a journey and definitely learning more about myself and like why I kind of do the things I do and why I feel the way I feel like some things that I've learned, like I need a journal and you, you seem know, really in tune with your own emotions and what you're, what you, what you want. Yeah. I can tell by the way you talk. I mean, you're very, it sounds like you're really patient with yourself. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes like I can like, sometimes I forget that I'm human you know, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And like, and I try to brush away, but then I'm like, no, like this is normal. And having the awareness when I am trying to make myself not be human and like, why am I crying? Why am I doing this? Why am I upset? Like, Hey, it's normal. And trying to like embrace that. And that's when, what I've been like learning. Yeah. I think too on that, like, why am I crying? Why am I, why am I upset? There's this weird concept I feel like we see on Instagram and whatnot, which I like to call like 360 happiness, Mm -hmm. which is just this idea that you could always be happy and always be motivating and always feel inspired. And like this idea of like 360 happiness. And I just have realized, I don't think it's possible. I mean, I've tried, I'm like, how can I be happy every single day? How can I be inspiring people every single day? And it's just not possible. Mm -mm. And it sounds like, um, addressing the fact that a human could never be that way. I mean, is something that makes you feel like, Hey, I can be worthy and I can be accepting of myself and not always be happy. Yeah. And I feel like it's huge and it's freeing when you allow yourself to be sad. Like some days I'm going to be sad. And instead of like beating myself, myself up for it and like, no, you need to be happy. Like, why do you feel down and just want to like lay on the couch all day? And instead of being like, okay, like what's going on here? Like, what am I feeling? Kind of meditating, tapping into myself and checking in with myself and be like, okay, like what are the thoughts that are coming up? What am I saying? And maybe it's even like I'm scrolling on social media and I'm seeing all these things are making me unhappy. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like sad or like in a weird place and just being like aware Cause like, we're going to be sad. Like yeah. even as women, like our home when sometimes we can't even help it. And sometimes I'm sad. <laughs> so and then like, I check my period thing and it's like period in three days. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, I'm uh. always like, I'm always trying to look for that. Like I get remotely frustrated. I'm like, is it soon? It's like my calendar's like, no, it's three weeks away. I'm like, okay. Okay. This is just me. <laughs> yeah. This is just me. Yeah. And so oh. like embracing it and like loving myself through it has been something like huge. Yeah. That's all amazing stuff. And I'm really glad to hear someone like you be so vulnerable because as you said before like just being an olympic athlete and having all these things going on it is really tempting to portray this image of perfection and this image of like hey i have it all together but so many athletes right now are making moves to to really expose themselves like let's talk about michael phelps kevin Mm -hmm. love um you know gracie gold did you see her players tribune 
female ice skater talked about eating disorder and anxiety. Just really powerful to know that at this level of these elite human beings, which you guys all are, I mean, to, to be on that stage, feel things that everyone feels. Um, and that it doesn't sort of take away, being an Olympic athlete doesn't mean you're never going to experience pain or never going to have a moment of self dislike or self doubt. Yeah. And for a while I felt like there's something wrong with me for feeling things that are human and, but it's like the athletes that are opening up like Kevin love and saying like, Oh wow. Like seeing that and hearing that he's human, then it shows me that I can be more human and open up myself. And then maybe that can show someone else that like they're human and accept themselves more for like what they're going through. And so it's kind of like a trickle effect. And so I feel more of a pull to share that and more of like, not a duty, but like, Hey, I have a platform and as scary as it is to show that I'm human and be rejected. I could be rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the times when I do share, it's not rejection and it's more like me too, or I'm happy you shared that. It is fearful though. Like what will my teammates think or what will these mm-hmm. look, will these players still trust me on the court? Will my coach spend time to read this? Mm-hmm. But just trusting that, I mean, what do you, what do you tell yourself when you think about those things? Like this blog post you're working on, like everyone could read it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Like first one, I kind of like recognize myself like, oh, like what will they say? Like, um, what will my opponents think? And just be like, okay, like how can I help someone? Like, how can I help through sharing this? Or if I read this, like, could I have helped someone, you know, cause someone have helped me like right. through this and just, I don't know, reminding myself that I am human. And that one thing I did read is like, um, as vulnerable as you can get, like we are strong enough to get through anything. So thinking about like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Someone post and be like, Oh, like Rachel Adams is a fraud or whatever. And be like, can I get through that? Like if someone posted that, yeah, I could, you know, like I'm going to still be okay. And I'm stronger than these comments and I'm still going to be okay after whatever the worst thing that can happen or the worst feedback or words. Yeah, and I actually talked about that with April Ross a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just this that when something like that happens, you know you'll be okay because you have this sort of like self love on the other side of it. That's you saying I'm not a fraud and I'm not these things. And what's your personal journey been like with self love and just mm-hmm. accepting all parts of you? Yeah, I mean it's definitely a journey every single day because like you think it's not like one point like okay I am self love I have it all down and under control, but. Um, I'm continuing to learn how to love myself every single day because, um, there are moments like even in relationships in the past where I'm like, if I kind of really love myself, I wouldn't let people treat me the way or kind of, um, right. If you you have a standard for yourself, you want people like people treat you poorly. Yeah. People. And it's like even people on the street and, um, just embracing the shadows. And I've been learning that, you know, light and dark can exist in the same space Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And not try to like push away the dark and embrace it more and let those parts of me like, I'm so forgetful. And so many times I've been like, so ashamed, you know, as like, you know, a teammate, I don't want to like forget stuff for people not to rely on me. And I've been like, so like, Oh, like feeling shame around it. But it's like, Hey, that makes me human. And if I can embrace that and like also get better at it, um, like that's all I can do. And that's going to be something powerful. And like, I can't just, um, 
not love myself because I'm human and I'm going to have certain attributes. Yeah. Do you feel like now you have the most self-love for yourself that you have throughout your life? I do. I do. I do. I feel that like in a hundred percent, like, do I feel like it's like, um, the end of my journey? No. But do I feel more like at peace with myself and I'm learning to be nicer, um, and more encouraging and more gentle with myself during this journey. Yeah. When did you realize that you did deserve that personal self-love and you noticed in those relationships, maybe that was toxic. Maybe I deserve better. Mm -hmm. How did you realize your own worth? Um, because, uh, there's always been those things. Like when I was learning about self-love, I'm like, yeah, I love myself. Like I'm cool. Like I like myself, but like, what did self-love really mean? And, um, it wasn't until, yeah, like kind of really relationships. And I was like, um, just what did it really mean to like really love yourself? And like, what what did you not accept? I mean, for me, it was like when it comes, came to relationships, like, um, how, how do I explain this? Like, if I love myself enough to not deal with things or people that show that they didn't love me, like, even if it's like simple needs and stuff, like if I, um, like you have to love yourself enough to let yourself hurt someone you love, like get rid of those mm, people. For me, self love is loving all the parts of yourself. And it can be like such an easy concept Um, when people like, just love yourself, like, you know, but it's like, it's not that easy. It's not that easy, but it's really messing up and having that compassion for yourself or knowing what you deserve. And if people aren't treating you that way, loving yourself enough to know that's not how you want to be treated and, um, not be around that and not accept that. Yeah. Um, Cause if you really loved yourself and you knew that, um, you know, you want to be treated a certain way, you kind of wouldn't accept. Right. And our own treatment to ourselves is I think the standard, right? Like how we talk to ourselves and like, that's the most important. I can have an amazing, um, family, amazing best friends, but if I'm not a good friend to myself, then I mean, that's the, that's the self And it all starts with yourself, like how you treat yourself. So and how you love yourself and it gives other people the standard, the standard to, you know, operate in that way. And if they're not doing that, then, you know, Hey, it's time to move on. Like I know how to be loved. I know how I love myself and I know my worth. And if somebody's not treating me in that way or the situation, um, I know what that looks like cause I do it for myself. Yeah. My mom always told me you teach people how to treat you. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that that was great. Like if someone's late, and you were there early and you cancel something to be there and they're late. I mean, you have to say, Hey, like I canceled a lot of things to be here today. Like I don't maybe appreciate you being late or you forgetting this or not showing up for me on my birthday or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, and it's an important thing that you have to have courage to do. And you have to do have, you have to have self love to set the tone for all your relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. Speaking of like your ring is so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I see it glistening. <laughs> I noticed it like really early on in the combo, And I was like, Victoria, stay focused. You can't divert. We'll get you in a trance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did you guys just finish long distance? Uh, you're still going no I mean we're we still going oh, yeah. yeah I mean because so, he, he's overseas he's so overseas he's in Japan playing so I'm here in California training 
but it's a different type of long distance right. now. Um, you know, now I'm in off season and he's in season. But yeah, long distance is real. Yeah, it is for sure. But I think it honestly shows that the love is like so worth it. Yeah. Because not everyone can do it. Yeah. Um, okay, well, all amazing things. I guess I just want to wrap it up with maybe what your goals are right now going forward in 2020. It's the start of the year. Maybe what you're what you're focusing on and working on. Yeah. Um, I'm working on I've learning a lot about vulnerability and just I want to dive deeper and to letting myself be seen and sharing my experiences and using my voice. And I'm still learning what that looks like. And I'm going to be blogging more. So everything that I am blogging is coming from the heart. And I just want to continue to exercise using my voice and sharing and creating those deeper connections. That's a good way that you can do your journaling, which you love, and then also sharing what you want to share with the world to Mm -hmm. to help, which is another one of your passions. Mm -hmm. And then... um, I just want to, I just want to feel at peace and I do feel at peace, but continually following what is true to me and yeah, following what's true to me in all situations, um, to the smallest things. Like, do I want, you know, green tea? Do I want my, you know, whatever, right. just something small, but not kind of betraying my trust and just creating that deeper self-trust within myself. Peace. I yeah. love that word. Yeah. It's just something that I don't think we talk about enough just this idea of being peaceful and being at peace because there's so many things that we're all stressing about Mm -hmm. and so many things we're doing and people listening to this are probably on their way somewhere and they have something else to do Mm -hmm. and it's just like how can I find my peace and I've started to realize that my peace is when I'm with people I love who make Mm -hmm. me feel like the best version of myself that's that's my peace and I think uh, for a while I thought, oh, my peace needs to be when I'm at the beach alone or my mm-hmm. peace needs to be like something alone and tranquil, but really, uh, it's different for everyone. Yeah. It's definitely different from everyone. And I'm learning about what that looks like for me. Like you said, it is surrounding myself with people that make me feel seen and understood. And, um, cause we have a choice who we surround ourselves with. So yes, we do yeah. make cuts out there, make people. cuts out there like new year. <laughs> and, um, Obviously, volleyball. I want to win a gold medal with yes. my team and yes. do it together. I cannot believe yeah. USA has, women's has never won gold. Never. I yeah. mean, it's insane. I mean, and obviously that hits hard with a lot of people in the program uh-huh. because there were so many years that they thought they would. And it's just wild. But yeah. I want that too. I mean. Yeah. And it's going to be tough. There's so many so high-level many teams, teams out there. Serbia, Italy, China. The list continues. Every team that's qualified on that list and for Tokyo, it's going to be tough. And so we're going to really have to come together and do it together because it's going to be the only way. Well, I believe in you. I'm so (laughs) glad that your journey and your knee and everything with yourself, it just feels like this is all your, this is your blossoming moment. It's all coming to fruition. So I'm rooting for you guys. I hope it goes well. Thank you. Of course. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation today with Rachel. I hope you guys thought she was as genuine and inspiring as I did. If you want to keep up with her, I highly recommend it. She's a great follow. Check out her Instagram. It's at Rachel Adams. And then her movement is at Journey Strength. And you can also find out about all of our guests on our Instagram account, which is just at RealPod. Thank you all so much for listening. It means the world to me. I appreciate your support. If you would be so kind to like, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts, that would be amazing. I hope to see you all back next Wednesday. Go have a good one.